coming to you from Scott Romine's personal Batcave. It's Guadney Unplugged, brought to you by Guadney Automotive Group. I always loved George Foreman, of course, the George Foreman Grill, and he's got a movie out about his life. We're talking with Sean Maves, Mr. Ontario from Canada, and we're talk- talking about this movie and the life of George Foreman. How are you, Sean? Pretty good. Thanks for having me back on the show, Scott. Absolutely. Now, easily, he's one of the greatest boxers of all time. He's kind of a a folk hero around these parts, two-time world heavyweight boxing champion, Olympic gold medalist, and uh, he's got a bunch of sons named George, from what I remember. Uh, tell us what you remember about George Foreman. Yeah, George Foreman is one of those athletes who transcends his sport, I think. You know, he was tough as nails in the ring, but he was kind of a teddy bear in real life. He had a big heart. And uh, after boxing, became a TV personality, entrepreneur, and pastor. And you know, I just remember him having a big heart, especially for kids. Towards the end, he uh, opened up a youth center in Houston for years. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, now there's a new movie out. Yeah, I think the movie is pretty good. I've seen a trailer and some uh, clips of it. It looked pretty good. It grossed $3 million the first weekend, $6 million four weeks out. Not bad, not big numbers. Uh, Chris Davis plays George Foreman. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, there's a familiar name, plays oh, yeah. uh, the trainer, Doc Lotus. Uh, you probably heard of heard of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I've seen, the, the dynamic between those two is pretty interesting between uh, uh, George and uh, Doc Lotus. And I was, I was just reading up the other day. Um, apparently, George actually was, was bullied as a kid. He grew up in a tough neighborhood in, in Houston and uh, basically boxed his way out of poverty. He met his trainer, uh, Doc Brodus, who was portrayed in the film by Forrest Whitaker, uh, who encouraged him to get in the, in the boxing. Fast forward, he uh, had a pretty impressive uh, amateur record in 68. He won Olympic gold in Mexico City. In 69, he launched his pro career, and by then, 70, in 1970, he had a record of 37-0 with 34 knockouts. Wow. And uh, that gave him a shot at the title. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a question. There's, he won. The, he was the world heavyweight boxing champion twice. Do you remember who who he had to beat the, the first time to become champion the first time? Uh, is it Joe Frazier? You got it. It Joe is Frazier, Joe Frazier. 73. That's right. That's right. That was the first match that was ever broadcast on HBO Boxing back in 73. <laughs> uh, he beat uh, Smoking Joe Frazier, and that, of course, set up a big fight in 74 against Muhammad Ali. Uh, do you recall anything about that fight? I, I was born in 73, so I'm going to have a hard time remembering <laughs> some of this stuff. I'll, uh, I'll I, fill you in. <laughs> fill me in, because I don't know. Did he, he didn't beat Ali, did he? No, he didn't be Ali. took him down the eighth round. He, he, uh, it was a good fight. I watched some of the replay. Uh, in 74, of course, was the Rumble in the Jungle, which at the time apparently was one of the biggest sporting events of the century. At least they, you know, they claimed it to be that way. So, uh, you know, Ali was, was known for trash talking and, uh, you know, and taunting his opponents. And he made no exception when it come to George. He would say stuff like, George Foreman is the new champ. He's the new chump. We're going to get it on. Because we don't get along. You know, Ali was famous. You recall that stuff? He was pretty good uh, rhyming stuff off and um, taunting his opponents. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, Ali was huge. I mean, still huge. But 
I mean, they even made comic books where he fought Superman and stuff. The guy transcended boxing. I think a lot of like, and George Foreman, the same. Of course, people our age know him as the guy with the fancy grill, which almost was named after someone else, I understand. Yeah, no, no, no question. I think a lot of people, including my wife, say I, I asked her a question. You know who George Foreman is? Isn't that the? She said she replies back. Isn't that the guy who owns the uh, the grilling machine? <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people right. kind of forget. <laughs> yeah. They kind of forget he's a boxer, right? But uh, yeah, there's an interesting story how that all went down. A friend of mine, uh, Rick from Tampa, actually gave me the insight of this. Uh, apparently, inventor Michael Bohm was looking uh, from Illinois was actually looking for a celebrity to market the product. And actually, he, was, he narrowed it down to two celebrities, Hulk Hogan and uh, George Foreman. Actually, Hulk got the call first, but got back to the agent too late, and uh, the deal went to George, apparently. Uh, there was a second product they were trying to market, and Hulk got that. It was a, it was a protein mixer. <laughs> Not too many people talking about the protein mixer, no, are they? Don't but, even remember uh, it. Yeah. How many you know, units so were rest- sold? How many grills were sold around the world? A hundred million units and still going. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Hulk must Everybody think all knows. the time about missing that dang phone call, you know? Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows somebody who had that grill. Um, apparently, it's pretty good to sell a hundred million units. You know, George had a bit of a knack for marketing and sales, as he found out later in his career. Now, in 1977, i got to mention this, George Foreman actually had a near-death experience. I kind of looked, I looked this up the other day. And this was after his bout with Jimmy Young in the dressing room. Now, according to Foreman, this is, this is his words, he said he was snatched out of his body, and then it was God who brought him back to life. So he had a near-death experience, and uh, that changed everything for, everything for George. For 10 years, he quit boxing, and then within a year, he was ordained as a minister, he started pastry in Houston. He opened up that youth center I referred to uh, earlier, yeah, a few years later. And then that set the stage for the big comeback in 87. You know, everybody, a lot of people do remember George in, in later in his career when he, when he took on Michael Moore in 94 for his second heavyweight championship belt. Were you around? Uh, do you remember any, any of that? I do remember that. And I think the movie kind of gets into that where he basically has to come out and fight for money. I mean, he needs the the money at that point in time. I do remember that. Yeah. Apparently the, the, the night, the 74 fight against Muhammad Ali, the prize money was, was, was huge. I think it was five million each, but I don't know, you know, after the, after taxes and pay everybody off, I don't know how much these athletes actually get at the end of the day, but by 87, he ran out of money for this youth center, made the big comeback. 94, of course, he beat Michael Moore. 97 was his last fight. And he went out, Scott, with a pretty impressive 76-5 and five record. So, you know, he's going to be remembered as one of the greats in boxing and uh, pretty good uh, at sales also. When he comes back in 94, I mean, he's got to be fairly old by that point. What kind of age range? Yeah, 94, he was actually 45 years old. He was the oldest heavyweight boxing champion to date. So I don't know if that will ever happen again. Um, you know, it's just one of those sports. Um, you know, he was, he was an incredible, he was a powerful boxer. He was known as a brawler. You know, he just kind of, and it wasn't as mobile as, uh, as Muhammad Ali, but, uh, you know, he's, 
Now, of course, we've got the new movie out. Looking at some reviews on that. And one thing that George said about the movie was the most important thing about the movie is that there's hope because George, George came from a really poor background and, uh, you know, it, you know, it was God who kind of turned things around and he says that he's living proof of that. You know, it's a, it, it's a face based movie. So that's probably why the numbers are down at the box office, but I think it's a, wor- a movie worth seeing. And from what I've seen, it's pretty good. That's awesome. I, I can't wait to see it. Now, I guess the timing never worked out that he fought Tyson, correct? That's a fight a lot of people would have would liked. I would have probably liked to see it too. You know the the fighting style. I mean, before before Tyson, there was Foreman. You know those two uh, boxers had similar styles. I don't know. I'm you know there's people who know boxing better than me will tell you that you know he was a bit of a brawler, and uh, the, uh, Foreman was was famous for using his haymaker. Now that that was actually what that's what took out uh, Michael Moore in the tenth round, ninety four. So um, you know he would he would typically block with his right hand, come back with a one-two, and uh, he was a brawler in the ring when you know when he's backed up against a corner. He was just he would just come at you like the uh, brawling style. So um, I was seeing some of the footage of uh, him fighting, and uh, man, that's one guy you wouldn't want to meet in back alley. He wouldn't want to get on his on his his, heck, his bad side. Heck no! Hey, always great great to have you on the show, Sean Maves. Uh, where can people follow you? I just Google my name, S-H-A-W-N-M-A-V-E-S. Sometimes I co-host a Christian talk show. I write for Faith and Fitness Magazine and Bodybuild.com. And uh, sometimes I even get on the show on Little Rock, Arkansas, K-A-R-N 102.9 with this guy named Scott Romine. Yeah. He runs a pretty good show. Amateur hour. (laughs) I sure appreciate you. Always good to talk to you, my friend. We'll be right back here on Guatney. Always. 